Hey everyone, producer Dave here. Thanks for checking out the Down Ballot Podcast. Be sure to check out all of our shows on your favorite podcatcher. Just search Echoplex Media. If we're not on there, please let us know because we'd like to be on there. Also follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Echoplex Media. Follow our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Echoplex Media. And give us money at Patreon, patreon.com slash Echoplex. Enjoy the show. At some point we are going to have to do a whole show about how good this show sounds. scientist that was big small towns that's a super cool theme song i think for uh, down ballot i think it's perfect actually i think we were searching for one for the longest time but that's really we really hit it on the head with that one i should email those cats and let them know that we're, we're using one of their songs as a oftentimes theme song for one of a podcast and i'll be like but don't listen to the podcast <laughs> yeah you, you would hate it it's awful how you doing producer dave good what's going on councilman not a whole lot. It's been a long ass week. I'm really glad it's the weekend and I'm really excited to be here tonight because um, this is a great catharsis anytime you've had a long ass week, I think, digging around down ballot and crashing into CVS. 
<laughs> so a couple quick, couple quick notes. I'm not sure what I'm doing after this show. Um, there's a charity stream that I'm going to be part of over on Doc Midnight's channel. It's mutual aid for people affected by COVID-19. Um, and everybody's on streamer time. So, um, you know, the schedule's not done and everything yet, but, uh, I don't usually DJ on Twitch, but because it's not my fucking channel and they don't care about copyright over there. Uh, if it's late at night when my time slot is, I'm not going to fucking just play a bunch of Alex Jones clips or whatever. I'll spend some fucking house music. Um, is, is Alex but, Jones still a thing? Yeah. 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 He has his own website. turns out. Uh, but that's going on all weekend, basically starting midnight Eastern tonight. That's 9 p.m. tonight, going all the way through, I guess, midnight. Well, no, going all the way through the end of the big show Sunday. Um, Ooh. It looks like we're closing that out. So the end of the charity stream is is just going to raid right into uh, the Sunday show, the Plex. And um, I, since the media wench is going to be unavailable, I may try to pull somebody in who was involved in the charity stream, have them uh, do some of the big show with us this Sunday. Just kind of, kind of keep it all, kind of keep it all in the little, on the little family over there. There you go. There you go. Twenty four hours of streaming charity goodness. That's forty eight. Forty eight hours. No, oh, no shit. That's right. Today's Friday. <laughs> yeah, they're doing forty eight hours. <laughs> I'd be forgetting what day it is. So, uh, yeah, they're 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 raising money for a good cause. They invited me on, and they basically told me to do whatever I want. And if it's uh, earlier, and and I made myself a little bit available, but obviously I have other shit to do this weekend. Uh, speaking of which, I don't know what's going on tomorrow night for our open forum or for Echoplex sessions because I marked myself as available uh, all those times. So if anybody usually comes for those things, um, just, uh, you know, that might, they might not be happening, but, uh, all likelihood tomorrow at 10, I'll still be up on the conduit doing Echoplex sessions. Even if I am supposed to, even if I'm also on Doc Midnight's channel, I'll just be fucking spinning in both places. Cause I have the technology. There you go. And by that, I mean, go. by that, I mean a server over at DigitalOcean. <laughs> anyway, Councilman, where the fuck did down ballot come from? Where the fuck did down ballot come from? Well, we were doing this, this Sunday show for the longest time, right? And the, the good wife and I um, would be consistent uh, guests, panelists, and she and I uh, very much involved and engaged in local politics here in the South Bay area, California. So the San Jose area. And, uh, after a while, um, you know, with all of the national derp going on, we started to see a lot of the same kind of stories cropping up at a local level with a lot of craziness and zaniness. And uh, we would bring those uh, those clips to the the big show. And it just ended up taking a whole fucking bunch of time when we could, be, you know, could spend the, the Sunday show talking about uh, conspiracy theories and Alex Jones. And instead we were talking about Sam Licardo and the like <laughs> San Jose PD. So we decided... Uh, you know, collectively, I think with you that uh, it'd be great to, to try out, uh, you know, breaking that off into its own show and, and spending some real time digging into the local derp. And it just seems like every week it gets closer, you know, the shows get closer and closer in terms of the, the content, because really, as you've seen, Producer Dave, the, 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 the zaniness is seeping down um, from the national to the local level. And it's uh, or maybe it's the, maybe it's the reverse. Maybe it was always here and it just seeped up to the national level. But uh, that's really where Down Ballot came from. And I forget how long ago we started doing the, the weekly um, show, but it's been a, uh, there's been no shortage of, of material. And now we also, uh, occasionally, we will uh, break out of the Bay Area and we'll do a little look at local news and local conspiracy theories and local candidates in other uh, locales throughout the country. Um, we've been to you know Northern Virginia and D.C. We've done a little bit of Clearwater, Florida. We've done some... Uh, deep into the Sierra Mountains uh, and some some semi-state of Jefferson. So uh, stay tuned. And if you have a, a place, if you're in a, a certain locale, if you're, I know this is a global uh, broadcast, if you have a place where you think uh, we should focus um, our, our down ballot lasers sometime in the future, please let us know. Um, drop that in the shit in the chat or send us an email or go to echoplexmedia.com and hit that contact page. Yeah, speaking of Clearwater, we had a great interview last night on the Scientology show. There's a guy out there by the name of Ted. He's Ted the tour guide, and he does cult city tours in Clearwater, California. And Ted. he takes people around and shows them all the places of note of the Scientology in Clearwater, Florida. And we had him on the show last night to talk about that and the church cult of Scientology and just kind of his experience doing it. A great interview. Super nice guy. And uh, he fit in real well because he, he was smoking a pipe and drinking a drink and very nice Talk, very nice some shit so yeah. yeah excellent excellent well i'm glad glad to have had that on and uh, i've been trying to uh follow as much as i can the other streams as you know it's difficult for me and the good wife we have we are busy 
so we got always got shit going on but um always happy to, to jump on if we can and i'm looking forward to the next time i can get on the the sunday show or the or whatever the other streams and you and, just uh, come in bust in you. like the kool-aid man on thursday night if you're not doing anything we don't even care we're like oh shit another box showed up bring them on talk <laughs> about xenu <laughs> But, hey, I'm let's down. get started here. We're um we're gonna do leading off, and last week leading off was the Thunder Road edition, and I feel like we're gonna continue that um tradition this week. The first story was well, it's Thunder Road Part Two. Somebody crashed their car into a fucking CVS pharmacy in San Jose, <laughs> California. Well, not quite a drive-through pharmacy. Take a look. This was at a San Jose CVS today. That car drove right through the front window. It happened just after noon on Blossom Hill Road. Firefighters spent time securing the building and its electrical work there. Thankfully, no one was hurt, the driver or anyone inside that store. The crash is still under investigation. Uh, I think I may have lost your audio. I turned myself down for a second while the oh. clip was running. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you don't have uh, to so mute yourself. You have, you have a good mic. You don't have to do know that. That's true. That's true. Uh, just in case I bump shit. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> once again, um, people really need their vaccines, apparently. Uh, and we thought it was going to be a situation where people didn't want to get the vaccine. Last uh, week was guy guy, really the, the guy that ran his car into the place. Wasn't he trying to, like, burgle a gun store? Yeah. Burgle in a gun store. So, this is a little bit lighter. It's, a, you know, CVS Pharmacy. He probably needed some, like, Sour Patch Kids and you know, some, uh, some real cheap band-aids. Um, but yeah, <laughs> the, that was the first thing I thought when the good wife and I saw this clip was, oh, this guy really needed his vaccine. Um, patience, bro. Patience. Just go to good Sam. They're giving him away to anyone, you know? <sighs> well, continuing <laughs> on that thunder road fucking theme, this poor what would, real quick. What would, what would make you drive into a like drive your car into a CVS if it wasn't accidental? Um, if somebody said, here's a million dollars drive this car you don't even own into a drugstore that's a good reason i think that's perfectly legitimate but then i've engaged in a criminal conspiracy haven't i that's not just <laughs> that's a mistake true. anymore that's a criminal conspiracy it just takes two people in a plan that's all it is um speaking of two people in a plan there's actually three people in a plan in the backseat of this uber <sighs> i wish they would have had a, a different plan I didn't put yeah, right. this on the docket. I fucking, I, or maybe, no, I think I did. I wasn't going to put the raw video on, but uh, this is a good story. These, this person got arrested because this is like every anti-mask person we've been covering, except they're in a fucking Uber. Right. And they've got friends too. It's like three on one. It's real. It's real nice. Well, two new incidents are raising some new concerns that they may be tied to the recent spike in hate crimes. In one case, an arrest has already been made, but the other left an Uber driver terrified. Today in the Bay Sierra Johnson Live this morning, digging a little deeper into what happened in each case and what police are saying as well. And pretty compelling video, Sierra. Yes, compelling. This reporter look, looks like she's with Antifa. In just a moment, we do want to preface that these two incidents are not being ruled as hate crimes right now, although uh, folks involved in the situations are in fact um, Asian American. Now take a listen to this. <laughs> oh hell no mm-hmm Oh, hell no. It was captured on video inside of an Uber that one girl in the middle is wearing a mask berating the driver mm -hmm. with slurs and profanity with one of the women even coughing in the driver's face, grabbing his phone and then trying to rip off his mask. The women were eventually uh, they left the car, but one woman did pepper spray the inside of that Uber. SFPD says they're still reviewing the she pepper sprayed him to determine what type of charges they could bring. I hope they get arrested soon. Um, I've been in contact with the uh, San Francisco Police Department, and uh, they have assured me uh, they're going to find them pretty soon. A GoFundMe was established to help that driver with lost wages and any legal fees he may have. So far, the page has raised more than $25,000. And in Oakland, an arrest was made in the attack of an older Asian man in the Adams Point neighborhood. Early Tuesday morning, a 75-year-old Asian man was shoved to the ground, robbed, and he was left with severe injuries. OPD is not releasing what led them to that arrest, but some living in that neighborhood are still shocked by the crime. I can't imagine pushing someone someone so frail and someone so weak and that needs help he's probably just trying to do his morning exercising 
<laughs> and in that Oakland situation, Mayor Libby Schaaf says OPD is working to determine if it was a hate crime or if it was just a vile act against that older gentleman. We're live in San Francisco, Sierra Johnson for Today in the Bay. Oh, man. Well, that second so, story was, was pretty sad. Yeah, no, very much so. I, I, I believe I heard her say the words, I got the Rona, and then she ripped the guy's mask off and coughed on him. Yeah, the um, first... The first story was like, that's everything we've been talking about. It's like, um, except in this case, like, I don't know, is that like that privilege ever going to meet the power structure or like, cause that's like, so one of those people called an Uber, that person certainly got found quickly cause their Uber fucking account right. was attached I mean, to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it seemed like there was some footage from like, they had the cell phone footage of one of them from the backseat somehow, or maybe that was the person that got arrested and they were able to extract the footage and, and get that out but um yeah i, I mean I, I i guess i'll find out what might have sparked this incident but i mean we've seen this in the past we've seen a lot of um you know rideshare drivers attacked um but it seems like this one was just a little bit more vicious and and spiteful and uh i wonder you know, i have no idea what set it off other than well um, the i mean all the news reports say it was that the the one or more of the, the gals wouldn't wear a mask yeah, well, like we've been back to again, right? It's like this personal freedom argument. Oh, I, I have the freedom to not wear my mask. It's like, well, not really. Like, it's a place of business. It's not as though that's a public space, you know? It's yeah, just like then, anywhere then else. You have the freedom to get the fuck out of my car. Right, exactly. I have the freedom to kick you out of my, my Uber if I want to because you're not wearing a mask. Because no shoe, no shoes, no mask, no service. Um, yeah, it's, it's just this... Uh, unmitigated privilege that's seeping in everywhere i mean we've all, we've talked about it a bit already that folks are getting a little cray um it's, we are a year into the shelter in place um and year into this pandemic and people are getting a little bit antsy i think uh and ants in their pants um and it's coming out in uh, some violent ways now i'm just um, i'm just telling you i'm fucking i'm beating this dead horse this shit these people they they probably believe false things about um vaccines Go put a titty on Facebook and see how long it lasts on Facebook and then go put some misinformation about vaccines on Facebook and see how long that lasts on Facebook. Which one of those two things would, have, would be potentially have a body count and I which one would get removed immediately, you know? Yeah, I, the titty would probably be removed before you click send, right? right. Um, <laughs> they know what a titty is, but somehow right. they can't figure out what the text of vaccine misinformation is. Like, right. there's like, not like dozens but maybe in the United States, there are like hundreds of accounts that are spreading most of this shit throughout Facebook, possibly Absolutely. thousands, but probably more like hundreds. Yeah. And if Facebook knows that I'm a gay guy who likes rally racing, riding a bicycle and watching the wire, they know who the fuck their algorithm could figure out who the fuck is spreading the misinformation. And, yep. you know, I, I don't know if these people believe things that aren't true about the virus, but if they do, they learn that shit on Facebook. Yeah. And like you've said before, I think they're really leveraging groups right now. Like you see face, Facebook's really hyping it, right? They even have fucking, I know you don't watch a whole lot of TV producer day, but they have TV ads for Facebook groups now, right? Like on broadcast uh, cable. So they're really hyping the groups angle and groups seem to be where this, this shit really festers. Like private right, Cause you don't see it on your feed, but if I'm right. in the group, I see it on my feed. Right. And I'm not, like, if I'm just consuming it, I'm, I've chosen to consume that stuff and only that right. stuff. And some of the groups you couldn't see, you know, if you were in the group, I couldn't see if I wanted because there's private and there's reasons that there would be good reasons for a private group, like a, you know, a battered partners group or victims of abuse group, or, you know, there's any number of reasons where people would want to be able to not anonymously because you might, you're, you're using your own name, but not put it on blast that you're in this group. Right. Right. Like the, the unpunched Nazi group. Cause if the good wife found out about that, she'd be all over it. Oh man. Vile and shit. They'd probably pull that group down just for, you know, they, there's a ton of anti-vaccine groups up, but a group that jokes around about like whether or not this particular Nazi has ever been punched. Gone. <laughs> gone. Done. You said the word Nazi. It's over. But yeah. I mean, you've, you've gotten removed or not removed, but you've gone to, to Facebook jail for far less. You've even had an account, I think, like toasted, right? Well, my real account got toasted after I went on fucking, after I went on the record in 538, but then I emailed them and I guess they took care of it. They were like, hey, don't do that to people that we interview. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm they took down my fake account but i'm in facebook jail now for calling somebody an anti-vaccine cult member which i thought was okay i mean if it's true <laughs> i don't see how you, i also called them a loon but i didn't i don't swear at people i don't even use aggressive language i'm just like you're a loon and an anti-vaccine cult member like what you're maybe saying loon, isn't true maybe loon means like something really nasty and 
some other language that Facebook's algorithm caught. Who knows? Yeah. Or, or, or maybe, maybe since 30 some odd percent of the people are unwilling to get the vaccine, it seems like maybe that's just a fucking demographic they're fucking willing to protect. Right. Can you get conjugal visits in Facebook jail? No, but, uh, but it doesn't also keep me out of grinder. So everything's fine. We'll get Charlie Kirk over here. It'll be, it'll be okay. Let's move on to winners and losers here. Um, Let's got, do that. We got San Francisco. It wants to keep its parklets. I'm not sure what that is, so I'm going to let the fucking local news tell me a little bit about this. We'll find Some out. Some things worth keeping after this pandemic ends, like outdoor dining at those parklets on the streets or sidewalks. A new yeah. petition is gaining steam in San Francisco and really the summer, yeah. many cities across the Bay Area. NBC's Tom Jensen joins us now in North Beach in San Francisco with the details. Tom. Uh, Raj, as you know, North Beach is one of those neighborhoods that's already a dining destination. The people who live and work here say these dining parklets have added to the atmosphere and they think the ambience should stay here permanently if the city will let it. <laughs> There's no doubt curbside dining and retail sales have saved many San Francisco restaurants and other businesses, but there's another perk too. It just makes the community f be much more vibrant. Some people who live in the neighborhood where these dining parklets have become big business like it and want it to stay. I feel like we're almost more connected this way than we are when we're isolated inside. Yeah, I think it would be a good idea. I mean, it also keeps people safe and yeah. you know it's also giving business to the people that need the business. The current program is scheduled to end June 30th, but Grow SF, a nonprofit with the goal of bringing together people who embrace change, began a petition to keep the pandemic shared spaces program even after the city fully reopens. It will help us for sure to recuperate some of the money we lost in the past year. Plus, honestly, I think he looks really good. The head of the Golden Gate Restaurant yeah, Association. Some of them look great. Represents hundreds of San Francisco restaurants. They're all kind of unique. Also bring yeah, if they do it right. Some of the businesses that have closed well, Even the ones that don't look great, they're unique. They'll look a little more run down, and that's cool, too, you know? Tourism, which we're so going to be so reliant on tourists to help us recover as a city, that we, we really need a welcoming outdoor experience. One neighbor we talked to agrees, comparing it to her former home in Italy, and she's not alone. That's why I love it, because this typical Italian. It, you know, in Italy, especially during the summer, we always eat outside. Well, the head of the Golden Gate Restaurant Association says her group is already working with the city on plans to keep the parklets here permanently. She said something could be released very soon. Meantime, she says she's behind this petition effort as well. She supports it, hopes that it will help uh, bring out more people who support it. If you'd like to sign the petition, you can find it at growsf.org. Live in San Francisco, Tom Jensen, NBC Bay Area News. Growsf.org sounds like something totally different, but that's okay. It does. It does. <laughs> I am. That's a winner story. That sounds good. If, as long as they let them to keep doing it, it sounds like everybody wins because eating outside, like on a nice night, at a yeah. like a where you're getting good service and like it's a little bit loud outside because people are like some restaurants already have outdoor areas and if it's if it's yeah. nice out sitting on that patio is fucking great absolutely yeah I, I can say that the when it's not so warm out it's it can be kind of painful the good wife and i did some outdoor dining back in november for her uh her b-day and it was uh it was a good it was in the low 40s it wasn't like freezing but it was certainly uncomfortable and when they brought your food out it was just like like it was on fire with all the steam and then two minutes later it was cold so but yeah on a great and on a beautiful night especially in the spring or summertime i mean if you go to i put it in the chat like if you go to paris you go to rome you go somewhere in, in europe or even some even some other american cities i mean it's just like in rome in the summer it's this the whole street is tables right it's like all the restaurants are out there uh, serving you know no covers at all, no tents just people eating on a table in the middle of the street and they pretty much closed some of the streets down permanently just for um this kind of uh, this kind of activity so yeah i think it's a great idea to explore um and i think san jose is even exploring uh, you know normalizing this which would be fabulous i'm all for like when we get back out of this if once we get to herd immunity let's have a viva calle for the whole bloody city like every street gets shut down for a couple of days and we just go out and party yeah um like during the uh during the first time they tried to reopen the city i live in you know how the downtown you can go around on those two outer streets that that's would where they want to circle drive, it yeah. and then yeah, the, yeah. The, the center street like if you're just passing through there's no reason to drive up the center 
they were closing right. off the center all weekend long so that people could socially distance out on the street. And I was watching that and I was like, why weren't we doing that every weekend, at least over the summer before? Right. Let everybody yeah, I, drink on the street. Just the cost of, uh, apparently the cost of hiring police to, to come and keep things safe. And, uh, I don't know the co the the cost of uh, losing the revenue. I mean, I don't think there's meters there in your town, but some places there's meter parking, right? So they lose a little revenue from it. That's what they call them parklets, by the way. It's not that they're like mini parks. It's just that they're on parking spaces <laughs> or what normally are parking spaces. But fuck it, we want to get people out of their cars. Just take away the parking spots, and people won't want to get a car. And then maybe they might might walk around and enjoy a uh, enjoy a little commerce, enjoy a little uh, community. Yeah, I think this is a great idea. Let's keep let's keep it in SF. SF's getting their shit together, producer Dave. It looks like we have a, that was a might be a first that we had a good story out of San Francisco, right? And occasionally there's winners. I'm sure there's some losers. The losers are the are the cars, obviously, and the parking. But spots. I mean, they don't have feelings; they're just cars. Have you seen the Love Bug, producer Dave? I cars have. have feelings. Cars have feelings. Oh, or maybe okay. just, maybe just those uh the Volkswagen bugs. But anyway, I stand corrected. And Kirby. if your car has a front that looks like a face, then yeah, it has a personality. It has feelings. Right. You, can, you can hurt its feelings. My car, I, I don't know. Priuses don't really look like anything. They look like they look like Priuses. So <laughs> anyway, we're, we're going to move down to San Jose for a story about somebody who has lost the Fairmount. The Fairmount in downtown San Jose has gone belly up. This is definitely a loser. One of the locations of the Bay Area's luxury Fairmont Hotels is shutting its doors temporarily. The operator of the Fairmont in downtown San Jose filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy yesterday. Remaining guests were moved to nearby hotels. Silicon Valley's largest hotel lost at least $18 million last year, largely because of the pandemic. The Fairmont expects to be closed for roughly the next three months as the hotel looks for a new managing partner, meaning it likely will not carry the Fairmont name once it reopens. Ooh, fuck it, I got some money. Let's, have, let's, do the, let's do the Producer Dave and the Councilman Hotel. Why not? Oh, the Down Ballot Hotel. That sounds great. I think that'd be fabulous. Um... Yeah, the Fairmont, I've got a lot of fine memories at the Fairmont in terms of, you know, from uh, Democratic Party functions to employee recognition events and other kinds of galas and rubber chickens. And yeah, I've spent a lot of time in that in that Fairmont there. So, and it's I, seriously, I think you and I are around the same age. I mean, that thing went up when we were, you know, teenagers, right? Or Oh, yeah, the or, thing is, I didn't live in San Jose when I was a teenager, so. That's right. You were, you were yeah, you were in that, that other, that other city in the East Bay. That's right. Where the good wife's from, actually. Um, we were just talking about that last night, but yeah, this is, it's an institution in downtown. It was one of the first, um, one of the, the first, I'd say of the new, you know, newer construction and new, uh, new look in downtown. So, um, and now it's kind of a little bit dated in a way, but it's still, um, it's kind of an institution. So I'm, uh, looking forward to seeing what comes next. How would you like that though? If you were staying at a hotel, <laughs> it's like, it's not, we don't have a rat problem, you know, no water main broke. We just went bankrupt. So you're going to have to go to the hotel down the street. <laughs> The, apparently the hockey team that was playing the Sharks um, were staying there that night, so they had to get moved. Um, you'd, you'd think that some folk, you'd think they could just work something out to where they could fucking be like, could we at least let, everybody's got reservations. It looks like the farthest out is four days. Can we right. let everybody stay there? Reservation here? Well, right. And the, and the, the housekeeping staff, right? The, the you know, the um, concierge desk and the front desk, like, did, would they all, did they all just lose their job, like, right away? There's no, like, I hope there's severance pay in figure something out for them because i feel a lot for, for really bad for them because they were already getting pretty much forced to come to work in the middle of all this shit and now they're out of work um and it's because they're well i mean not it's completely out of almost everyone's control you lose 18 million dollars not much you can do about that i mean you can you can run a bit business pretty poorly but no one's going to be losing that much money unless there's a pandemic so I guess this is the end of a story we've been following out of the East Bay. It's the ghost ship. There was a rave at a mm -hmm. venue that was called the ghost ship. The ghost ship was not a proper place for a rave. There was tapestries all over the walls and fucking couches and shit, basically kindling everywhere. And the place caught on fire and burned down. And unfortunately, a bunch of party goers uh, lost their lives and others were injured. And uh, it's been a saga. We've been covering it since before Down Ballot even existed, I think. And, Absolutely. Uh, I believe this is the end of the saga, at least as far as the criminal legal part of the saga. Yeah. Late this afternoon, a judge sentenced Derek Almena for his role in the 2016 ghost ship warehouse fire. He was given 12 years, but Almena will serve out the rest of his sentence under house arrest with his family. That despite pleas from victims' families to send him back to prison. 
Back in January, Almena pleaded guilty to 36 counts of manslaughter for this fire. Although, through his attorney, Almena said he's sorry and that the warehouse fire was his fault. But it wasn't Almena's statement that had family members shaking their heads today. It was his behavior in court. Family members said they saw Almena dozing off while they read their victim impact statements virtually. Colleen Dolan, who lost her daughter in the fire, says she wishes she could have delivered her victim's statement in person. But it is much harder to go through this without being able to sit side by side with the other family members, without being able to hug each other when we go through a particularly painful moment. Only our client... I remember his lawyer responsibility this only guy. he has stepped forward and said that he's culpable Look at those teeth almena will that guy's insane though he's like fucking doc from uh back in the future <laughs> man well you think uh, he's definitely a pro bono attorney or something because uh, otherwise he'd be able to pay to get better teeth that's just like that's some gnarly british kind of fucking dentistry going on there oh yeah i, I I think he probably did a good job, though, because he got this guy no real, you know, now the guy gets to serve the rest of his sentence house, on house arrest. arrest. Yeah, pretty much like staying home with his family. Like, um, I mean, so, to some people, that's torture. <laughs> More so than going to San Quentin or something. Um, like, I think uh, I have a, a relative um, who is a ward of the state. And, you know, obviously it sucks. It's not fun. Um, but at the same time, like he's talking about, you know, raiding the commissary and eating ice cream sandwiches and watching ESPN and you know, he's working on his college degree and i'm like man it sounds like it sounds like being out and you have to deal with all the assholes on the outside um yeah that it's it, there's there are no again as, as usually with winners and losers there really are no winners in this yep, story wrong. the first story the first story everybody wins if they get to keep their little fucking outdoor parklets in san francisco there's right. a potential winner there but the city's gonna find a way to fuck that up yep absolutely um but yeah my heart goes out to all the the victims in this in this situation and that's that's fuck if he really was like nodding off or not paying attention or at least listen you you got to pay if you really are sorry you got to pay respect at least to the, the victim the the families of the people who you know who died because you were negligent um especially if you're gonna get he probably knew what he was com what was coming down but um if you're gonna get house arrest and not have to go to jail for that shit you at least should pay the respect of listening to the victim statements um that is fucked. And I know how hard it, um, I haven't had to do it myself, but I know folks who have had to give victim statements and it's fucking, it's difficult and it's painful to go through that and re-traumatize yourself. So, um, you at least owe them the respect to, to listen. But I'm also just kind of mad that nothing happened to the person who owned the building. Yeah. Right. That's the, the real fucked up part is like where there was no, no oversight, no, you know, no, no, uh, um, just allowed allowed it to happen, and they usually get away. The landlords and the corporate owners usually are the ones that get away in these things free because they're oh, well, I didn't know what was going on, and he always paid the rent on time. Um, and that's yeah, that's that's the real shame of the whole thing. It would be impossible not to know what was going on at that place. Sure, absolutely, and you know, and unfortunately, that you know, I think that the the victims' families are you know, this is the only guy they have to take it out on really because he's the only one that was facing those those charges. The other guy got away free, and they can't do anything about it. You know. I guess they could sue him in civil court now that the criminal case is done, but we'll see. I hope they do. I hope they do sue him. Anyway, um, well, cool. Well, that was th that was winners and losers. Uh, where there sometimes are winners, as we found. Um, and then, uh, as as usual, we're always looking for someone to get their shit together, and someone in the Bay Area always needs to get their shit together. Um, so this is actually is this from the East Bay. I want to say this is from your old neck of the woods, producer Dave. Yep. Excellent. So apparently, um, everyone's, as we said earlier, everyone's in a rush to get vaccinated, which is great. I'm glad to see the folks who are wanting to get vaccinated. Um, but uh, occasionally there have been some snap views, shall we say. <laughs> um, and in this case, it was the public health department up in, I think, Alameda County that made the snafu. After thousands of people got the wrong dose of Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine at the Oakland Coliseum, the California Department of Public Health quickly sent them an email to let them know and tell them they're still okay and protected against the virus. Kishore Parwani is one of the thousands who got that email, but there's just one problem. And the issue was that um, I had not actually received the dose at the Oakland Coliseum. I'd received it elsewhere. 
on that day, March 1st. According to the Department of Public Oops. Health, anyone who got a shot at the Coliseum on Sunday, February 28th after 4.30 p.m. and on Monday, March 1st between 8 a.m. and 3 p.m. may have specific. gotten a lesser dose of vaccine because of a problem with syringes. I basically attributed it to miscommunication, but still there was this nagging uh, thought in my head that may, maybe this other location where I vis where I got my dose was also impacted, and it just wasn't in the news by then. The California Department of Public Health told us today that the wrong dosage problem only happened at the Coliseum and nowhere else, meaning there was no issue at the Eastmont Mall in Oakland, where Kishore got his vaccine. In a statement, the department says some individuals who received doses on the same day at other locations in Oakland inadvertently received a notification from CDPH, and we will follow up with them so they know they were not impacted. Kishore still hasn't heard from the department, but is hoping there aren't any issues like this when he goes to get his second dose. I'm feeling okay. I'm a, I guess I'm a little bit uh, relieved about it, uh, but uh, certainly having this uh, confusion about po potential miscommunication doesn't sit well with me. Anusha Rasta, NBC Bay Area News. That, that gentleman will be voting for the recall. Uh, <laughs> I think that was so. interesting. I have, I have to apologize. It was not the Alameda County Public Health. It was California Public Health, which actually makes perfect sense because they've been the ones kind of screwing things up from, from the, the get-go here, from the jump. The state is the state is in some real hot water right now. Gavin Newsom is, uh, he may be in trouble if it, if it if the recall does qualify. I don't know. I think Stories they're like going to, I'm help. just hoping they get enough signatures, dude, because the clown car. Well, you know, I, I was just talking about this with the, the good wife. Like, even we are kind of frustrated with with gavin newsom we're hardcore democrats like we want to defend the seat right we want it, we don't want it to fall into the wrong hands austin bennett but uh at the same time it's like we're not exactly enthused with our governor either so if it did qualify we'd have to do some serious thinking about how we'd come down if there was another democrat who decided to jump in the race you know um anything's possible um but yeah so sorry to throw the alameda county uh public health officer under the bus I'm wondering what the issue was with the syringes. Are we talking like a metric system versus, you know, English system of measurement kind of a thing? Uh, problem? Milliliters Yeah, I versus, don't know. Maybe it didn't. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Maybe there was like some uh, air in the syringe. So when That's all I can imagine. Are they just, or the, maybe they had a different size and they were used to, you know, filling it to a certain level. And I've, I've had to administer quite a few shots of late and it's um it's a challenge to get it precise every time but at the same time you know at least in the ballpark i don't think i'm under or overdosing anybody but it's a it's a challenge they're looking for volunteers though if you so if you want to volunteer and put some shots in arms it's a good way to learn an extra trade just in case things go badly and <laughs> and we lose our twitch channel <laughs> and if i need a plan if i need a plan for the wasteland i can be a vaccinator <laughs> There you go. <laughs> I mean, who knows that we could be, I mean, there is talk that, uh, you know, with all of the quote unquote variants of the, um, the coronavirus, we could be in a world where we're getting vaccinated, you know, annually and having to get boosters and, and different types of vaccines to counteract all these things. We could be in some sort of, you know, permanent endemic situation until, um, until it's fully eradicated. Um, but shit took polio was, uh, similar pandemic and it's taken 60 70 years to almost almost eradicate it it's still not completely gone um, but it's taken billions and trillions of dollars and god knows how many um how many battles with a you know so we say religious or religious oriented uh governments um to get that taken care of worldwide so i can't i can't imagine if we have to um fight this thing every day for the, <laughs> for the rest of our natural war lives hopefully they'll figure it out science dave science all right so we're going to move on to down ballot watch it looks like we have a black lives matter protesters are suing the city of san jose yeah um this is this is something i'm fairly intimately familiar with because i was a uh i was a victim yeah um so uh yeah so that the it's been about what nine months now since the george floyd protests uh the beginning yeah since the beginning and as you'll all recall um we covered it quite extensively here on down ballot there was some there were definitely some shenanigans um <clears throat> the, the san jose police off uh, police department decided to respond to 
what had been mostly peaceful protests um, with, uh, you know, uh, stormtroopers and SWAT gear and tear gas and quote unquote rubber bullets, or as they called them later, some sort of like, you know, um, anti something or other munitions um, and flashbang grenades. Uh, and so now the, the NAACP is taking the lead, but um, a, f- uh, a number of uh, victims of this violence are uh, suing the city. So we're going to find a little more about what that's all about. The purpose of this lawsuit is to have the city reconcile with the harms that they caused and to remedy them. The San Jose Police Department facing legal action tonight from the NAACP for San Jose and Silicon Valley. The lawsuit alleges officers were overly violent during last year's protests against police brutality following the death of George Floyd. You know, the organization claims the protesters and even bystanders were brutalized during the <coughs> demonstrations. Quantor's Gail Ong spoke with the lead attorney <coughs> on the case and brings us the latest. The class action lawsuit is seeking for everyone who was injured to be compensated and reforms to the San Jose Police Department. It was late May of 2020 when demonstrators took to the streets of downtown San Jose, sparked by the death of George Floyd. Police body camera video shows officers dealing with the crowd. Almost one year later, a lawsuit filed against the city of San Jose, claiming demonstrators and observers were brutalized by police. The complaint showing pictures of some of the plaintiff's injuries. According to the lawsuit, the people in these photos were subjected to police violence, including the use of projectiles and batons. One man was shot in the face and lost his eye. In addition to those physical injuries, there are psychological injuries. You know, that level of terror enacted by the government uh, has an effect on people. Tiffany Rezel Moyer is one of the lead attorneys on this case. The NAACP for San Jose and Silicon Valley, the nonprofit San Jose Peace and Justice Center, and a dozen individuals injured from the protest filed a class action lawsuit in federal court Thursday. The city has been on alert about the injuries of our plaintiffs for a number of months at this point and has had plenty of opportunity really to remedy this without a lawsuit. Um, And we're hoping that we don't have to go all the way to trial to remedy this. The San Jose Police Officers Association president issued this statement saying, quote, San Jose's chronic police department understaffing was unfortunately on full display during last year's protest. San Jose police officers did the absolute best job they could under volatile and dangerous conditions. A spokesperson for the city attorney's office says the city does not comment on pending litigation. In San Jose, Gail Ong, Cron for News. I didn't see understaffing on display. They're just trying yeah. to get fucking more money. Yeah, and the and the staff that was on display was, you know, uh, really not engaging in, in uh, pleasant tactics. Uh, there were at least a few officers who um, quite obviously were out there gung-ho, cowboying up and, and ready to ready to crack some heads no matter what. Um, and it's actually, it's unfortunate, I think, for, for the PD and for the, the city's side in this lawsuit that the, the police union president is out there blaming understaffing and, you know, lack of support from city hall and, and all these other things when really he's just shut the fuck up and let the, you know, let the lawsuit play out. He's not doing them any favors in terms of uh, winning the courtroom battle or the court or the public opinion battle. Um, yeah, so it's just, it's a shame that, uh, all of this happened. There was, there was some folk, the, the guy who lost his eyes just just killed me he was he was um uh his story sorry really uh killed me he he spoke during the the press conference and um i have to admit his he got a glass or a replacement eye and he actually looked physically you know aesthetically fine um but the guy like he, he lost lost an eye and all he was doing was walking a couple blocks from his house down to the protest to be in solidarity with folks um that's pretty much what happened to, to me as well so uh uh there needs to be a serious examination of what happened and it really hasn't happened yet. And the city, the city hasn't taken, I mean, they've take they took it seriously long enough for the mayor to go on down and bended knee with the protesters for a minute, you know, and, and try to cosplay, you know, someone who cares, um, but, and cosplay some empathy, but it really, uh, they really haven't taken any serious steps to, to resolve this, um, and to, to make changes. So, um, the good news about this suit, I think is that it's not, Yes, they're seeking damages, right? The the individuals individuals who were hurt and traumatized, but the primary purpose of the suit is to um, get the, force the city uh, to make changes and to to reform their uh, their policing practices. And I think it's high time, uh, not just in San Jose, um, and I think you'd agree. But um, we can't we can't have these militarized police 
thinking that, you know, calling San, downtown San Jose a war zone and acting like, you know, protesters are trying to, you know, take the city from them. You know, that's not, that's not at all what was happening. It's certainly what wasn't happening with Derek Sanderlin, who, lost, you know, pretty much might have lost the ability to have children because he was shot in the groin with a, you know, rubber bullet munition. Um, so... I, I, uh, I, I got it easy compared to a lot of these folks. I, I feel really awful for, for what went down, but hopefully something good comes out of it. So we'll see. And, uh, and a new police chief is coming soon too. So we'll, they're, they're getting down to the, the last few finalists. So as soon as that gets a little closer, uh, we can probably take a deep dive into that. There will be a, there will be a council meeting about it. Very nice. Yeah. We can take a look at that. So. Um, we yeah, on an ongoing story and we'll keep, we'll keep you posted. Um, it's taken a while to get to this point. So, um, and legal battles tend to take a little time. So I could see that going on for another year or so before we get some resolution there. I mean, shit, the ghost ship happened when, when, when was that? 16, 2016. So it's yeah, been almost so five years, five years. Exactly. So, and we're only just getting to the end of the criminal portion of that show. Uh, well, <clears throat> we will definitely keep an eye on it. Um, in other sort of fun retro part do kind of news, um, this is a story that you found not too long ago, and we were wondering where it, you know when when it came from. And it turns out it's been going on since before the election, and it's still going on. Freeway overpass. KTV's James Torres joins us live. Talks about city leaders calling action uh, the action distracting, but the demonstrators say they are exercising their constitutional rights. Good morning, James. Good morning to you, Pam. This is all happening in the city of Lafayette. City leaders worry about a group of former President Trump supporters over the El Cartola overpass. And here's why. They say there are banners, flags, and a number of people over traffic, and they call it distracting for the drivers below. In a letter to the California Department of Transportation, Mayor Susan Candel mentions an event where a counter-protester grabbed the flagpole and threw it down to the traffic below. Now city leaders want Caltrans and the state highway patrol to enforce rules in place, saying attaching signs to the chain-linked fence is against state highway regulations. It's a safety hazard. You're not allowed to put your signs up on the fence. That They, they have no right to do that. They can stand there with their flags, but they can't put them on the fence. We have freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, and freedom of protest. It's called the First Amendment, and we intend to exercise it. Caltrans says they monitor the overpass weekly, and if they notice any signs attached to the fences, officers do throw them away. In an email to the city, they also mentioned Caltrans will not approach the protesters, and that matter is something for CHP or local law enforcement to handle. Those protesters, you heard them earlier, say the overpass is uh, their way of practicing their freedom of speech. It's their best way to get their message across. Tonight's meeting is expected to happen and begin at 7 o'clock. Reporting live this morning, I'm James Torres, KTVU, Fox 2 News. Uh, thoughts? <laughs> I don't know. I guess they're they're allowed to do that as long as they don't fucking tie any signs to the fucking fence. True. I mean, to be honest with you, like more power to you. I do believe in the First Amendment, and if you want to go out there and protest and say that Trump won the election and wave a flag, like okay, that's cool. I mean, as long as you're not hurting anybody, right? Like the minute they start throwing shit at the cars and dropping shit on the cars, well, that's a problem. But you know, if you're just out there, I agree with the lady. If you're just out there expressing your First Amendment rights, fine. If you want to cause an insurrection, if you want to mainline that copium in front of as many people as possible, I mean, the freeway overpass is probably the place to do it. <laughs> right. I mean, you really want the world to know that you're nuts. I mean, just, just do that in lot on the freeway in Lafayette. I do like the, the or it's just amusing that, um, you know, Caltrans says, well, we're not going to approach these guys or try to, you know, try to mess with them. That's CHP and local law enforcement and CHP and local law enforcement are like, we're not going to try and mess with these guys. If it was Black Lives Matter protest, these guys would be swept off the freaking overpass in five seconds and probably shot with rubber bullets. Instead, you know, but, but a bunch of Trump supporters just get to do whatever they whatever they damn well please. That's the real hypocrisy here and the real tragedy um, is that we all know what would happen if these people were people of color or people, you know, or lower income people or just, you know, rational people. Um, you don't you don't mess with crazy, right? That's what they always say. Yeah, don't fuck with the crazy. Don't fuck with crazy. Um, and you have no, we have no idea if these folks are armed, right? Um, so, uh, definitely, I, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily approach them either, but I'm not law enforcement. That's kind of their job, but yeah, I mean, 
like I said, say what you want, think what you want. That's fine. As long as you're not hurting other people or in, infringing on our rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You know, I say, I say, go for it. Even if you want to fix a sign to the overpass, I don't think it's distracting. That dude with the spotlight. That thing was distracting. Yeah, I was that was distracting. That was. Well, I don't know. I don't, I have no idea what was going on there and why that he just has that hanging out in his car for what purpose? Um, Blind the <laughs> cops if they pull him over. <laughs> Do you know how fast you were going? Do you know how fast you were going? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> no, not so we have another another piece from our good friends at NBC Barry about this. So there's a, another angle, maybe. Yeah, it's about these people fighting back, fighting back. Oh, I love it. Fighting the power. Fight the man. Well, new at eleven, a late night battle in the East Bay, and it's all about that freeway overpass right there. Is it a First Amendment right? or a traffic hazard. Pro-Trump demonstrators are fighting back against the Lafayette City Council. NBC Bay Area's Terry McSweeney joins us from that overpass right on Highway 24. Terry, live. problem there? Well, the problem is this overpass is owned by the state. Land on both sides is owned by the city of Lafayette. City of Lafayette wants some help from the state in doing something about what they consider to be a problem, and that is these pro-Trump demonstrators come here a couple times a week, and they're concerned that what they're doing up here is bad news for the drivers down there. Every Monday and Friday, these pro-Trump forces meet at the El Corto. Boots on the ground. Above Boots on the ground. Lafayette. Lafayette. You think they've all been vaccinated? They have a message. We are pro-Trump citizens. We believe the election was fraudulent. But Mayor Susan Kandel sees something else out here. She sees an encroachment. Those signs and flags are a distraction for drivers and an illegal intrusion on state property. Tonight, the mayor and the council were scheduled to consider a letter to Caltrans and the CHP to stop the signs and flags from going up and distracting drivers. The protesters say this is not really about distracting drivers, it's about the pro-Trump message, which they say is protected by the Constitution, and they're happy to spell it out for anyone who needs it to be spelled out. Free speech is the, the shit first spelled correctly. Tantrum. A council tantrum. A CHP spokesman tonight tells NBC Bay Area that the number of crashes along the strip road since demonstrations began in September show no increase over the previous. Yeah, and just let them cope out there. Fuck it. Now, we don't know if the council is going to get around to this topic tonight. The council meeting is still going on, but going on since 7 this evening. But we do know that the pro Trump demonstrators tell us they're going to be back here on Friday. In Lafayette, Terry McSweeney, NBC Bay Area News. Yeah, the, the meeting ended up going until well past one in the morning, by the way. So we'll get some video of that and uh, maybe pull some salient clips from it in the future. But um, yeah, you're playing with fire there if you're if you're the city. You're, you're pretty much asking to, you know, asking to fan the flames. You're asking to, to be uh, called out and to have five-hour meetings. <laughs> to discuss uh, flags on your overpass, or it's not even your overpass, as they pointed out, it's owned by the state. Um, it's just one of those weird interjurisdictional messes that nobody wants to touch, right? Um, because, it, yeah, it, it's just it's just too much of a hot potato. Just let him be. And if, especially if there's no, like, increase in crashes, which you wouldn't expect anyway, right? Like, people are up waving shit on overpasses all the time and doing a lot worse shit. Like, there's kids up there without signs that are throwing rocks at cars, right? Um, there's snipers in some places. This is also just bad. Like this is going to end up on Tucker Carlson, right? Like just stop it, Lafayette. Like just, just pretend they're not there. Like 90% of the people that drive by. Right. Right. Um, you hope that's, you hope that's the case, but, um, yeah, it's, it's also a case I think of, you know, small city or little city or little town, uh, councils trying to be as woke as possible and and uh you know make and make a name for themselves um speaking of which um i couldn't get a good clip of it because it's just it was a really brief update but um our friends at the oakley school board mm -hmm. who who all resigned in, in unison so they're, they're slowly but surely figuring out a process for how to replace them and if that turns into a special election i i can't wait there's going to be some fun <laughs> there's going to be you think the recall is going to be fun that's that's going to be extra fun but i could see this that's i could see the same exact thing happening in in tony little lafayette um where uh you know a bunch of trumpians get behind a recall petition for the mayor and all their all our council allies that's the real the real danger like just honestly let let him 
they will go away. It's one of those things like, you know, you smile and nod long enough. And these aren't the folks that are going to hopefully not raid city hall right now. You're kind of asking for it, but, um, they, they will, they will eventually find a hole to crawl back into. Um, once they get tired, they don't, they realize it's, you know, four years from now, maybe when they realize that Trump actually did lose the election. Um, just, you know, chill back. No one's getting hurt yet. Um, and, but the same goes for the other protests too. You have to, you have to play it both ways. Um, yeah, this is, gonna... this is just like, I don't know, the, the thing to do would be to like write a letter to the Caltrans and the CHP asking a question. Right. You go, Hey, we noticed this, <clears throat> you know, we we're sure you noticed it. Um, what are we, what is, you know, state regulation around this? Some of our, some of our constituents were asking, right. boom, what? you haven't created any problem. Yep. Yep. You've washed your hands. You, you've now handed it off to the fucking CHP, cover your ass. Right. Cause and if I something wonder, bad happened, they could go, we wrote the CHP on this date. Right. Yeah. We've got, we've covered our ass. We've got the, we've got the receipts to prove it. Right. We were looking out for the public welfare. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd say just leave it at that and don't make it, don't make another war that, uh, that's, I, and I, I say that knowing full well that, you know, like we talk about a lot, you have to call people, and this is something we do on this show and, and other shows, you have to call people on their bullshit, right? You do, you do have to confront crazy at some point because it gets dangerous um, or it gets, it gets to infringing on other people's well-being. Um, well, like nine people on an overpass with a bunch of flags isn't the, right. isn't the place. Correct. Correct. And um, the only thing you're going to do is you know, inflame it and make it worse and give them a reason, right? They already, they already don't trust you. They already hate you. They already or, are. Or one of these people, down. one of these people is going to start doing Facebook lives from out there and become like a minor internet celebrity because of this story now, you know? Exactly. Exactly. So, um, so another thing this week, not, not so, not so warm and cuddly, but, um, certainly something we're going to keep, we're going to keep our eyes on. Um, and I, like I said, I think we'll have, a, we can have a fun stream at some point, maybe this week, week or next looking at some, looking at some clips from our actual, uh, government in action in these city council meetings. I think if you haven't, if you haven't tuned into your local city or towns, you know, elected official or, uh, meet council meetings, right. Um, and seeing the governance that, that we get at the local level when you don't pay attention down ballot, when you don't, look out for what's going on, right? When you don't vote down ballot, right? Check out your city council sometime and see the high quality, the high caliber, no, no pun intended, of people who, who get elected and are running shit in your city. And think about how much of your life, their daily life, they control and they have a power over, right? It's not... The federal government, it's sexy, right? We think about the president a lot. We think about Congress and we hear a lot about it on the news. The things that they do outside of like the stimulus checks that are coming soon do not have an immediate effect generally. You're not going to feel it like the next day. The decisions that city councils make, you will feel the next day. You can in terms of curfews, in terms of who gets their uh, who gets their streetlights fixed, who gets their streets paved, who gets their sewage fixed, who gets their garbage picked up, you know, um, whether or not a cop shows up or a firefighter shows up if your house is on fire, right? These things impact 90% of your daily life and the people we elect to these positions, I guarantee you, you couldn't, I, most people who watch this show and most people who listen to this show probably couldn't name, maybe they can name one of their council members or their mayor, right? But I, I guarantee you they can't name uh, the, the folks that are actually making the decisions, all of them. So please start paying attention. That's what this show's for. Also, also just not, not a minor thing. Some of the craziest fucking things we've ever watched on on the Sunday show or yeah. just ever have been from city council meetings. Remember the person that came in and was like giving a flat earth presentation on the fucking, the poster boards and shit. Absolutely. Like, or the, or the lady who, who said that all of the city council members were like lizard aliens and who right. had, like I body snatched the, the council. And now they, all those <laughs> they people probably, No, it was during the summer when all those people were doing like their QAnon speech at the city council meeting. It was fucking crazy. But yeah, right. that's another thing is you might catch something absolutely fucking wild and then send it to us if you watch your local city council meeting, right? Yeah, and it's, hap it's happening even more right now because, um, oh, this is, we'll get, we're going to hopefully get some footage of this, but um, like we said, people are getting a little bit ants in their pants, right? But um, there started to be protests locally at the homes of elected officials who are, you know, zooming in to do their meetings now. 
demanding that they open up public meetings again, like in person, right? So they're out there protesting, waving signs, honking horns in front of these people's like houses where their families live. Um, and so it's, it's getting a little bit, a little bit feisty out there. Um, and I would not be surprised if something went down that gets on the news pretty soon. So we'll, if it happens and uh, we can find a clip of it, we will bring it to you, loyal viewer. Fuck yeah. So have we reached the end of the docket? We're done. Oh my goodness. What a great tight show tonight. That was fabulous. Um, Almost exactly an hour. Nice. Well, that'll be, that'll be a nice little treat for our, our listener. What's that? So, so you're getting started in a, a little bit with the, uh, the streaming, the, the charity. I don't streaming? know what's going on with that, but I mean, I'm going to stick around after, uh, after here, as I always do to start, start on the post game, start, start pouring myself some cocktails. There you go. I think I should do that myself. It's been, it's been that kind of a week. I've been trying to lay off the, the alcohol cause the, the GW and I have been on a, a little, little diet. Um, we collectively, we've lost a small person <laughs> as you might, as you might've noticed if you follow the show. Um, definitely much gaunter than I was when we went into shelter in place. Um, but all for a good cause. So, uh, yeah, 150 pounds between us have, have disappeared. Poof. Gone. But it helps, it helps when you don't drink as much beer as I used to drink. And when you don't eat as much ice cream as I used to eat and pizza and in and out and just God knows all the carbs all the time. Fuck yeah. Well, um, this has been Down Ballot. You can check this out on your favorite podcatcher and follow us at twitch.tv slash Echoplex Media. This song is by Cali Ra. It's called Gaslight. And um, I don't know. I'll be back. It'll be a new and improved me because I'll have a cocktail on the table next to me. Thanks for joining me, Councilman. Absolutely. Have a great night and good weekend. Ghetto and the suburbs, no.